Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you to the Equip podcast brought to you by Arise Ministries. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder, and today I have with me Amy Little, founder of Beautiful Truth Ministries and teaching pastor at Timber Creek Fellowship in Norman, Oklahoma. Amy is known for her ability to release others to live a life of purpose through dynamic application of truth into everyday common life. So friend, if you're new to the Equip Podcast by Rise Ministries, welcome. We are excited to bring you tools for navigating real life, and we invite you to continue following the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. In today's broadcast, we want to talk about a topic that is a desire of every mother out there, and that is how to be a person of influence with our kids motherhood. It's unique, isn't it? There's no other profession that has a greater potential for setting one on the right course in life than being a mom. In fact, the only inheritance that a mother will leave that has eternal value is her influence. But the big question becomes, how does a mom rise up and lead by example and hold strong to being an influencer when it's an incredibly difficult role in being a mother. Amen? Today, I love it. We get to highlight and example a woman hero in the Bible. Yes, a woman who could be compared somewhat to Moses, a woman who had the courage as a leader to stand up against all odds and see God deliver, a woman who believed that God said, even if the circumstances around her were less than encouraging, we could do it. Her name is Deborah a woman who was appointed by God as the judge of Israel, and by the way, the only female judge mentioned in God's word. Deborah emerged as a powerful example of how moms can be influencers in a powerful, powerful way. So with that in mind, welcome, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know we're thrilled to, for you to be here. And you know what? I heard about you, Amy, from one of our donors who texted me and says, Pam, have you heard of Amy Little? You have got to have her be a part of your ministry. So I traced you down, and here you are today. So we're super excited. Well, super I'm glad excited. to be here, and he's he's been a great help to me. Good. Well, I'm glad. And you know what? I failed to mention, Amy, that David is your husband. You have two children, and that uh, Amy is the owner of one nervous labradoodle named Miss Mantle. Is that correct? That is right. <laughs> does she just rule the house? She does rule the house. Okay. Yes, well, she does. We get that for all you dog lovers you're going to love Amy so anyway Amy tell me about this tell me why the subject of being an influencer matters to you well I think that probably more than ever we all feel that we're competing for our kids attention um I know that the difference between when I grew up and I I didn't have all the distractions that they have I didn't I wasn't as aware of the world as our kids are today. I wasn't aware of all of the things happening in culture and music and entertainment, even who people are. Um, Instagram, you know, there's a whole career of influencers on social media. And so um, we're noticing that we have to really make sure that we are maintaining our position of influence in our kids' lives. Sure. And that is so true because there's such a plethora of influencers out there that we need to know how to do that. And that's what the podcast is about today. So if you're a single mom listening and you feel like you are not enough or you're losing your grip on your child, this podcast is for you. I want you to just buckle your seatbelts and get ready because you're going to leave greatly, greatly encouraged. So Deborah, tell me, um, tell me a little bit, do you have a favorite Bible verse that, that kind of enables you or equips you in this particular venture about being an influencer? 
Well, in this particular um, lane, I do. It's found in Psalm 68, 11, and it says, The Lord gave the command, and a great company of women brought the good news. And I love in that verse that he highlights that the women were bringing the good news. There, there's a connotation to that of there being like a military sort of aspect to the women being equipped there. And it might seem counterintuitive that there's a military theme associated with women in the Bible. But I think that in that, there's such an empowerment that we do have the weapons that we need to be able to deliver to the next generation um, what God would want for them. Absolutely. You know, I am convinced that moms are the mightiest force on planet Earth today. And I don't mean married moms. I mean moms. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. Mothers have been that, given that awesome opportunity and really a place in the child's heart to do more than any other human being. So I just, I'm truly honored to, and somewhat needy to hear more about that. So, Amy, tell me, who is this woman, Deborah, in the Bible? She's tucked away. She's a champion of faith, tucked away in Judges chapter 4. Who is this woman of faith, and what did she do? Well, in Judges, what we find are um, the Israelites in the time after they've come out of the wilderness. And when they had first moved into the land of Canaan, the Lord said, you know, push all push all that was there aside. In other words, not actually not just push it aside, but conquer it. In other words, conquer the sin that is there so that you can fully inhabit the territory I've given you. And what we find when we go through Judges is that the Israelites would go through these cycles of um, just sliding into great sin and disobedience when they didn't have an influencer over them. They were left to their own devices. Mm -hmm. So they would cycle through these um, periods of sin, and then the Lord would raise somebody up to influence them back towards him. And Deborah was the fourth of those judges that rose up to um, lead her people out of what had become a terrible captivity to their enemies and a terrible captivity to their sin and a terrible captivity to the culture. In fact, Scripture says that basically there wasn't a weapon to be found in all of Israel, that the Israelites wouldn't even leave their homes. They wouldn't go on the roads to even do regular life or commerce. And so here we have in Judges 5, 7, it says village life had ceased. It had ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. Deborah is a woman. She's a mother who saw a need, and she rose up in that need. Right. Well, you know what? I'm thinking about this. I'm no different. If I don't read the Word, if I don't stay plugged in with, with Christian fellowship, if I if I don't keep myself attuned to biblical principles, I get into that cycle of, I don't know if it's rebellion. I guess it is, just of not of other idols being in front of me or me falling short of my faith or hey I'm I'm key candidate for that so I'm no different than all those Israelites I need an influencer in my life and um and our kids need one too so just tell me why is Deborah's story relevant to us today I know some moms are thinking that happened so long ago what does that have to do with me today why is it relevant to moms today especially single mothers well, I love that it's the scripture is very clear. She arose as a mother. She didn't arise as a judge. She didn't arise in any other uh, role of her life. It says very specifically that she arose as a mother to Israel. And I think that um, when we arise as mothers, as women, that there is a specific fierceness that accompanies that. There is a specific intentionality that com- that accompanies that. But I think also what accompanies that is a tremendous compassion for the people that we love. Right. Well, you know what? Um uh, her story seems relevant to me today because, first of all, she was a mediator. Mm-hmm. So as moms, we have to mediate 
between the, what the world says and what they're thinking and somehow be wise in our mediation tactics. You know, yes. and we have to. She was also an advisor. Yes. We have to advise them what God's Word says and stand strong in that. And you know what? She was also a counselor. And so, so you know, that's what we are called to do sometimes, to counsel our kids, yes. <laughs> whether they're listening or not. Yes. You know, yes. the Word doesn't return void, so we can certainly do that. But, but her story is relevant today, especially when we look at um, – what she was able to accomplish. And so with that being said, I just want to, to ask you another question as I'm thinking about Deborah. And, you know, Amy, we often carry a vision for how we want things to be. But, you know, we get bogged down in how to get there or where or where we are to, in going to that particular place. You know, the Bible says that, I found this interesting this morning, but the Bible says that Deborah hung out under a palm tree. Yes. So how... Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't have a palm tree in my backyard. I don't live in Florida or something cool like that. No, I think that the main thing that that speaks is that she was available. She showed up. Okay. She showed up. And she had to have have been carrying a vision for the people of Israel all along. She had to have been carrying um, the idea of where they had come from, where they had gone to, and how to bring them back. But she knew that that space between the vision and bringing Israel back into its obedience of God was actually the space of her calling. And she just started with the space of her calling by showing up and being available to the people she loved. And I love that the definition, you know, they call her a judge and it says that she dispensed um, judgment. And so she was able to do exactly what you said. People began to just come to her because of her availability and begin to share with her what was happening in their lives. And she was able then to have that influence on them to begin to speak into with discernment into their situations, to begin to speak um, with the clarity of God's vision for their life. And so um, I often wonder if she sat alone at her palm tree the first several weeks she went, Mm -hmm. you know, sure that it takes time to be able to build um, the trust with people. It takes time to have the equity of relationship with people where they begin to show up and trust you to speak into your lives. And I think it's the same thing with our kids. It's a relationship. We ebb and flow with our kids. Um, And sometimes we have to be willing to show up even when they don't. Sure. And you know what? I like what you said, that she rose up in the space of her calling. So as you're sitting there today, I want you to envision your life. I want you to envision your motherhood role. And I want you to look at it from God's perspective that God is a father to the fatherless. God is the head of your home. What is the space? What does the space of your calling look like? You may feel like it's an empty room. You may feel like it's something you're doing by yourself. But Motherhood is a high and holy calling, and God has given us a space to in which to ex- exhibit and exercise that role. Um, I like what you said about uh, she sat under a tree for a while waiting for people to come to her because she was a wise woman. So how does how does us exercising wisdom with our kids eventually cause that to at least someday to be attractive to them? Well, I think consistency on our part, you know, it doesn't tell us that she showed up some days and didn't show up other days. It says that she showed up. And so I think just consistency on our part. And I know for me personally, sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm supposed to be more mature than my kids. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, it's so hard. You know, that even when... Thanks um, for punching us in the right, gut just now. <laughs> that even when I'm showing up and I don't feel like they're reciprocating that, that um, I'm not there to take it personally. I'm constantly reminding myself that I'm not parenting for the next 20 minutes. I'm parenting for the next 20 years. And so in that showing up, I'm not showing up in order to get my back scratched. I'm, I'm showing up to speak a message of consistency and availability to my kids. I love that. And sometimes it's helpful for me to stop and think, what did I act like as a 14-year-old? What did I, I know you have a 14-year-old, what was I thinking? Was I really, was I really, you know, thinking about what my mother was feeling or from her golly perspective of wisdom no I was exercising from a 14 year old mentality and sometimes we need to go back and and just put our thoughts in our kids shoes and see this is where they are in life I'm ahead and God is leading me in their journey and has God placed me here for this for such a time as this and this responsibility which we're going to see that's what Deborah did in just a minute so anyway scripture says that Deborah arose as the mother of Israel so um you know, it causes me to think, what does she teach us about what it means to rise up? And I'll let you answer that. But first of all, what comes to my mind is she arose, and this is a rise ministries, and what a great opportunity for us to be teaching moms to rise up. So what does she teach us about what it means to rise up? Well, first, it's a verb. It's action. You know, it's participating in doing something. But Scripture gives us four really clear ideas about what it means to arise in this specific context. And the first one means that we arise aggressively, <laughs> that when when we see something, we're arising into that situation without hesitation. I think that I, I know that I can get insecure in my relationship with my kids. Mm-hmm. I can get insecure that my activity in their life, that they are going to reject that. And so part of that is just getting to the place where I know who I am as their mom and I know what my call is as their mom. And I'm okay with those seasons where I have to arise in a way they may not appreciate. Or you're not cool. Or I'm not cool. Right. right. <laughs> they, they may not appreciate the way mom's confronting the powers of darkness in yeah. their life at yeah. that time. Yeah. Amy ain't cool anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know if Amy ever was. I know. Okay. Well, I love that. So you know what? Um, I think also what it means to arise as a mother, what it means to rise up is is you you have to employ some kind of honest communication. You just cannot be afraid to speak the truth. And is that is that kind of what you were saying just now? Yes. We have to be willing to when we see that something's going on in their lives, or actually, can I even clarify that when we have the impression, or an instinct, or a concern that something just might be off. Are we willing to arise? And by the way, sometimes to arise um, aggressively in their lives means that we are arising aggressively in prayer. It doesn't mean that we're aggressively in their face. It doesn't mean that we're constantly confronting them about our concerns. Um, it, It means that we recognize that there's a spiritual battle over their lives, and we're willing to arise aggressively in our place of prayer and our authority that we have over them. Nobody has the authority over our kids that we have over our kids. And so if we are not willing to exercise the influence of our spiritual authority over our kids, the enemy will put somebody in that place to influence them opposite. So sometimes this sense of arising, they don't even know we're doing it. Sure. I love that. That is so good. You know, also, there's just that value as you're speaking to your kids of transparency when it's appropriate to be totally transparent and why you're concerned about them or why this is an issue to you. And that, that value, I think somewhat um, um, an influence of a mom would, would value transparency. But 
Amy, what would you say to a mom who says, I'm an empty nester. My kids are already gone. I've done so much wrong. I can't go back and redo. So I feel like a failure as a mom. How can I recapture what I missed? I think it's such a parallel to our relationship with Jesus. Are we ever so far gone that we can't turn back? Have we ever gotten anywhere in age or in any station of life or in any journey that we've taken that it's ever too, that it is ever too late to turn back to that? And I think it's the same thing with our kids. I, I'm uh, just a few weeks shy of 50. I still need my parents. I need them in a different way. And so the, um, maintaining that availability, maintaining that interaction with them, whether it's physically in their presence or through that continued responsibility of prayer. Right. And I just want to say, too, to the mom that maybe, you know, maybe you are an empty nester that that I love the idea you said about prayer, but just be consistent in asking God for wisdom because you can't parent the same that you did when they were under the roof but now that they're different it requires a different set of skills in being wise in what you say and and coming alongside what what they're interested in without condemning it necessarily and so it just takes a different set of rules to be wise in that so you know that's as an influence that's kind of where I am right now as a mom all my kids are grown and gone and grandchildren now and and so I'm just trying to think well how can I influence uh, my kids because I can't sometimes say what I want to right but uh, and so physically things change boundaries change access to their physical lives change some of those things change but our position that we're given by God as their mother in the spiritual places never changes that's right isn't that wonderful Mm -hmm. that just that is such such a great truth I love that you know what as I'm thinking about Deborah how does she reveal to us how mothers should just show up you know how how does Deborah reveal that in in her story tell us a little bit first of all what happened to Deborah with the history of the story they go in the enemy's getting ready to take over and tell us a little bit about if you remember about is it Barack the name of the story? Right, right. And um, he was what the commander happened? of the of the of their army. Tell us well, his history real quick, because what she does is amazing. Well, uh, here they are. They've been held. They're being held captive in their own homes by um, King Yavin um, of. Now I've just lost the country. Canaanite somewhere. Sure. Yes. It's Canaan. It's Canaan. It's Canaan. Yes. <laughs> Blame it on Canaan. Right. And um, and and the. The commander of his army, who is Sisera, they they have been held captive, and the people of Israel had lost hope. That's one of the reasons why Deborah began to rise up. And one of the first things that we do when we show up is that we just begin to speak hope where things have seemed hopeless or where people are beginning to lose that steadfastness. So um, Deborah, in showing up, she became the word of God and the spiritual word of God to Barak's physical ability to fight. And so we find, even as moms, even when we're single moms or moms that may have a husband, but yet we're still parenting alone, um, we find that nobody can be who we are for our kids' lives, but he does bring other people around us who are willing to link up and fight some of the battles in ways that we can't just fight them by ourselves. And I feel like that's such a picture of what we see between Deborah giving the command of the Lord and Barak executing it. And it came to the place where he said, I won't go unless you tell me this is what God says to do. That's right. And so he said, I'm not going if you don't go with me. Right. So she went, but she made it very clear. And I love what she said in verse 9. She said, I will go with you. She said, "Um, God will not give you the glory. 
I, I think basically she said that because you didn't, basically she was saying you didn't have enough faith to go by yourself. But she said, God will not give you the glory, but God will use the hand of a woman to take mm-hmm. care of this. Yes. And I love that. I, I, I know there's a place in ministry for men and women, but I love this that it said God will use the hand of a woman. And so if you're parenting alone and there is no man under the roof, you don't need that. You have God the Father, and God will give you and make you powerful. It says the hand of the woman will take care of this, that you are enough. You have what you need to to execute God's plan for your children. And she was a powerful example of a woman in charge back in days where that wasn't very common. Absolutely. And I think that we all find ourselves in similar situations to Deborah and Barack where the enemy is is very daunting. The enemy is bigger in number. The enemy appears bigger in power. The enemy appeared as if they were going to be able to completely overtake their army. Um, but nonetheless, you have a word from God. <laughs> when you have a word from God, there is not an enemy army large enough, a challenge large enough, an obstacle large enough that with that word of God that you will not demolish it in the in its presence in your kid's life. Exactly. And I love it because I think, am I right in saying in that story that they had, their army had 900 iron chariots? They had 900? Nine, they had Seriously. 900. And the truth is that coming <laughs> out of those chariots were large, like six foot metal spikes that would have come out of the wheels of those chariots. And so as the Israeli army's trying to go up a mountain to take this, these chariots are coming down. And in a normal battle, they would have just destroyed anything they came in contact with, but for the word of God. Oh, my goodness. I would have been scared. If I was Deborah, I'd be like, see ya. You go take care of them. <laughs> I'll go over here and pray for you. But, you know, she she was willing to go. She knew that God, this is a good part. And I think it's somewhere around verse 9, she said that, or verse 14, she said that, um, charge this day that God has given you victory, she says, God is marching before you. And so she she stood on the principle that God goes before us as moms, God go, as women, God goes before us. And that is a great encouragement to me in knowing that, that as we move into the unknown, as we move into the areas of our children where they're maybe be, being disobedient or we don't know how it's going to turn out, it always helps me to think God goes before me yes and and even in even in that passage that you just read when he says i, I won't go unless you go with me she responds and says up <laughs> yeah get go up, uh-huh. get up and go you know and so i think even mom to mom one of the most important things that we can say to each other is get up rise up sure get up you yes. know the bible says in exodus the, the lord your god will fight for you mm-hmm. he will fight for you you have only to trust him and mm-hmm. be still and another place it says do not be discouraged for the lord your god will go ahead of you and um he will neither fail you nor abandon you so as we move forward as mothers into the uncertainty with our kids we need to envision he goes before us we just need to be still and listen and let him fight those 900 That's chariots right. that That's are scary right. That's right. that and are I, coming toward us. And I think that she's also teaching us that we don't have to do it on um, our gut. We don't have to do it on intuition. We don't have to do it on what's popular even in culture. But when Jesus, when we are seeking him and when we get a word from God about what we're to do, when we have that word, we have confidence. See, Deborah had confidence because she had a word from God about how this was all going to play out and about how all this was going to go out, go down. So when we have that word from God 
concerning our children in any situation. We have the confidence to be able to say to ourselves and to say to those around us, let's rise up. Absolutely. She said, go. That means arise. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, like I said, that's the name of our ministry. I love it. Arise. <laughs> go, Pam. Go. Go, Amy. Yes. Go. So one last question I just want to ask here is how do we know where your influence is? How do we know that? Well, you can't influence what you don't love. Um, affection and, um, a, and a love for whether it's your children, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it's uh, your community, what it is, what you love is what you are being called to influence. Um, so I think that we have those obvious places around us where we know our affections lying with our children. And um, those are the areas where we know that we've been given that capacity. And by the way, just the empowerment from God, like we are graced to be the mothers to our kids. We are graced to parent them. We are graced to mother them. And um, when we tap into that grace, when we tap into that power, there's a confidence that comes on the scene with that to be steadfast in our showing up. I love that. That's such an encouragement. Amy, is there anything else today before we close out here? Any thoughts about an encouragement to a mom or a word to them that's on your heart that maybe we didn't cover that you would like to share with our moms today? Well, I just love that God's mercies are new every morning. And thank every morning we are, giving, we are given a new opportunity to show up. And I often thank the Lord that he is ultimately their mother and their father. And that um, I know that I'm human and I fall short and I'm constantly calling on him to fill in the blanks and to correct what I've done wrong with them. And um, to also, you know, he encourages us as moms and it's okay to have those moments where we feel like we've missed it, but he shows up time and time again for us so that we are equipped to show up time and time again for our kids. So we can miss it and God will still fill in the gaps. Oh, amen, yes. (laughs) I wouldn't be here if that weren't true. I know if it wouldn't, (laughs) I I wouldn't either. So moms, let that, just let that soak in a minute, you know, uh, that you are enough and you know, actually, to be honest, we're not enough, but God is sufficient is the truth of it all. And that's not just for you, but that's for everybody. Well, I tell you what, today in closing, I hope you've been encouraged that you matter, you make a difference under that roof. There's nobody like you. God will enable you as you rise up and go. He will go with you and not abandon you. I hope, like me, you've been encouraged by what Amy has shared and that through this amazing woman in the Bible, we too can be like Deborah and pray and ask God that God would develop in us the characteristics of Deborah that she demonstrated courageous and strong and that we would that God would grant us unwavering commitment to do his will that's what she did and God would give us wisdom because we need it don't Amen. we yes. we need it to make sound judgments yes. on every level of being a mother whether they're still at home or whether they get out God is able so with that being said, friend, we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic, or maybe you could ask questions we can answer on future podcasts. Leave us a comment on social media or email us at info at ariseministries.net. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to visit our website at www.ariseministries.net. And there you'll see videos and podcast Bible studies specifically for single moms. Lots of tools for navigating real life. Thank you for listening.
Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.